Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Hey, North Texas food fans, welcome to Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week, we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and this week we have everything from dive bars to fine dining. We'll taste test some crazy new food options you'll find at Rangers Games, list the local restaurants with James Beard Award nominations, and share some big anniversaries for beloved Dallas bars, the Stonely P and the Dallas site. It all gets started right after this. Central Market is really into food, like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make-every-recipe-in-the-cookbook foodie or a my-favorite-recipe-is-reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food after this for information on our show and additional food and drink stories. We'd love for you to share your thoughts with us as well at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. This week, we are going to show you the wonderful range of food options here in DFW, from messy ballpark burgers to house-made salumi. I'm here with food writers Sarah Blaskovich and Claire Baller and our producer Julie Fist to talk about the latest food and restaurant news. So Sarah, one of the biggest things you did in recent weeks was go to the ballpark with Rangers writer Evan Grant and taste all the foods. I know you guys have been doing this like a few years in a row. How many years? Gosh, years. More yeah. than five years. Oh, wow. In That's- fact, he was one of the last people I saw before the pandemic started. We shared two sides of a very large nacho on March something, 2020. And I was very pregnant. And then a couple of days later, I was like, you really shouldn't be seeing other people. Yeah. <laughs> and eating with them and sharing food. Totally. When did this whole big food thing start? with the Rangers. So 11 years ago, they released the Boomstick, which at the time was a 24-inch long hot dog with all the fixins, chili cheese, etc. And my favorite little fun fact about the Boomstick is that it comes in its own hot dog briefcase. So <laughs> it is like a cardboard box with, I want to say two handles, because this is a two-hander. You get your Boomstick, and depending on who you are, you chop it up and share it with your family and friends who are on the same aisle as you, or you try to eat the whole darn thing so that Instagram can watch. I loved that from the beginning. I just thought that was wacko. And for years then, there have been 24-inch long inspired things. Mm. So this year's was the Boomstick Burger, which is a two-foot-long cheeseburger. And the burger patty itself is very large around, and you don't want to see it up close, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to picture this, and I'm like, yikes, my brain. What you're picturing is exactly what it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It, too, comes with a 24-inch long bun, chili cheese, jalapenos, onion rings. And it doesn't make any kind of sense to put those things on top of a beef patty. But this is what we have done maybe to bring back memories of the original, which was the boomstick. So here's more from Evan and Sarah trying the big burger. This is about as big around as a baseball bat size, two foot long piece of Nolan Ryan beef. It comes with Texas Chili Company chili, Rico's nacho cheese, jalapenos, and crisp onion rings. Let's just call this what this is. This is a complete ripoff of the Boomstick Dog. Except you can't rip off yourself, can you? It had the same exact ingredients as the Boomstick Dog. It's just that now, instead of a wiener, you've got... 
have to say wiener. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I loved this cheese. I love it so much. So, the inside of the burger is pink, like a big burger should be. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they managed that. This is fun to eat and fun to share. It makes so much more sense as a hot dog than it does as a beef patty. I would hope that at this point, this will be the end of the two-foot food. I don't think you can make that call. I hope hoping. it's not the end. Why? Why do this, you... is, this is part of my job. You can have good food without it having to be... Big? Giant. I don't know. I love, I love giant. I think that's fun. Like nacho cheese and chili all works better on a hot dog than it does on a hamburger. Uh-huh. For a ballpark burger, I wouldn't expect a super thick patty. It's thicker than it needs to be. And it's on a brioche bun, it should be noted. Can I say this? It's a big-ass patty. I think you can. I encourage anybody who likes a big silly thing for Instagram to do it once. If you do have $34.99 to share this with some friends, it's fun for a second. If you want to read more about this, go to dallasnews.com food. And then, of course, uh, if you want to know anything about the Texas Rangers, do not ask me. I am our restaurant reporter for the Dallas Morning News. You're going to ask Rangers insider Evan Grant. How can we find you, Evan? You can email me at egrant at Dallas News or... And he'll answer. Um, for the time being, I'm still on Twitter at Evan underscore P underscore Grant. Yes. Bye, everybody. That was awesome. I love that y'all debated whether or not this should be the end of two-foot food. <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> Is that the bigger surprise? Where do you go from here, though? Like, I what, know. What possibly comes next? I mean, do you want to know where they've been? They've yes. had a two-foot-long brownie, a ghost pepper burger that was the size of a dinner plate, a chicken sandwich that was about the same size, like a Frisbee size, and then a chicken tender that looked like a baseball bat. And we have the world's most hilarious photo of Evan Grant holding it up like he's um, playing the trombone. I think they should just bring back the boomstick hot dog. They could. I think they could do that. And I think people would like it. I agree. Because I I kind of agree with Evan. Like all those toppings belong on a hot dog, not like a giant meat patty. And Erin, are you a hot dog person at the baseball game? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what you eat at a baseball game. I agree. What were some of your favorite things that you had this year, this round? Well, I was mad about an item called corn ribs, because if you Google that, that's a thing on the internet. And what it is, is corn on the cob that someone has cut into pieces that are the the shape and floppiness of a rib, like a light bend when you hold each end. It's corn on the cob, you guys. And so I'm like upset that we're changing corn on the cob into something else. Now, their corn ribs were delicious because they had spicy lime crema, cotija, and tahine on them. So they were creamy and spicy pieces of corn on the cob. And they were pop culturally relevant. So three points for that. Can I make a confession real quick about corn ribs? You love them. Well, I ate them wrong the first time that I had them. Oh, tell me. (laughs) Everything. Tell me everything. So, I mean, they're hard. You don't normally eat the inside of a corn cob. Yeah. You know, and the corn ribs, it's the hard part with the corn on it. Did you eat the whole thing? No, I picked it up and I chomped into it like it was. You held it like a Snickers bar. Yeah, like a Snickers bar. Thank you. Yeah, or a corn dog and and took a bite off the top. Fancy (laughs) restaurant. I will say the right way to eat a corn rib, quote unquote, yeah. feels really ridiculous. Well, so you even if you were doing it. it right, and yeah. I got all kinds of stuff in my teeth, but I thought they tasted delicious. The other good Rangers item is that Hurtado Barbecue has a permanent stand inside the ballpark and they were making some gorgeous beef ribs. I'm talking a hunk of one and a half to two pounds of beef on the bone, tons and tons of pepper bark on the outside. It's just delicious. And then they make these birria tacos with their barbecue inside that are gorgeous and so not like ballpark food, in my opinion. You know, that's like a really smart, thoughtful taco with meat that cooked for gosh knows how many hours. There's guacamole in there. There's this oozy, yummy cheese. And so 
if anybody wants really good food that's not these like oversized expensive things, head to Hurtado where you can just get some fairly simple but delicious barbecue. One of the biggest issues with barbecue is that they always run out. Like, do you think they ever run out of those ribs? I do think they are going to run out of the ribs. And in fact, Evan Grant made such a big deal out of these beef ribs. And then I wrote a story about it. He told Brandon Hurtado of Hurtado Barbecue that day on the tasting. He's like, you got to be careful. We just told all the Rangers people that we really love your food. And I want to say he has 45 or 50 beef ribs a day. Now, they're 40 five bucks each and they feed several people. So you don't need two of them. That means 45 people get them and then the rest of the thousands of people in there who wanted one don't. So this is like a Fred Flintstone beef rib. Like- this is exactly the way to put it. It is the largest rib you've ever seen and it comes off of a cow, right? So cow has huge ribs and so it's all the meat around that and they perfectly render it so that it's it's squishy and juicy, just like the best piece of brisket, but even bigger and hugging that bone. Yeah, they're going to sell out because now I, I want to eat two of those after that description. <laughs> yeah. And how many cows is that? <laughs> like how many? Ooh, this is, no, this is such a good question. I asked this of Brandon Hurtado and he told me the number of ribs that every cow has and I forgot. Okay. Yeah, that but was my question. Fewer than ribs? 45, I yeah. think. It feels oh. like simple math. Which none of us can How many really? ribs on a cow question? Mark. <laughs> 13 pairs. So 26 oh, ribs okay. on one cow, as long as he or she was made the way God intended. Right. And then double that, two cows full of ribs. And I'm feeling very bad for the cow right now because we're talking yeah. so much about the insides. But two cows ribs. That's impressive. There's not an infinite number of cows in the world. <laughs> True. <laughs> Not if you're driving through West Texas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So what did you guys think about the recent round of James Beard Chef and Restaurant Awards that came out? There were six finalists from North Texas, which I think is probably the most that we've had in a while from DFW. And Austin had zero. I was kind of floored by that. I was in Austin over the weekend and feeling a little sad for them. Yeah. I was like looking around at some good restaurants and I was like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so you were feeling kind of victorious. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's such a sad thing that Austin isn't a food town anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We gave Austin plenty of love on the last week's podcast. You're fine, Austin. (laughs) It was good to see uh, a mix of old and new places, too. I mean, you have relatively newcomer type spots like La Casita on there for Outstanding Mm -hmm. Bakery and then Lucia on the list too, which has been around for a long time. So with Lucia, I actually spoke with Jennifer Uger, one of the co-owners, about their nomination for Outstanding Restaurant, which is, I think, one of the most... That's a goodie. That's the most best one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're up against other restaurants nationally. Yes, nationally. And so I talked to Jennifer about it and she said it's funny because her husband, Chef David Uger, has been a semi-finalist five or six times, but was never nominated. And she referred to him as the Susan Lucci of the James Beard Awards. <laughs> and um, of course, Just beautiful dates. and keeps showing up. That's yes, David Uger. Yes. So Dallas had three restaurants on the best new restaurant national category in the semifinalist round. And that was Restaurant Beatrice, Don Artemio, and Tatsu. And the only two that moved on were Restaurant Beatrice and Don Artemio. And so I know you guys have been to Tatsu. So what do you think about that? I've been to all these restaurants. Uh, I think they're all wonderful. And the fact that Dallas was recognized three times at the beginning for having great new restaurants, I think really helps define what we do here, which is we do new restaurants really well. Right. Then we need to see how long those restaurants are going to last. And we don't always do that as well. So I think just a symbol of all those three restaurants being on the original list makes sense. Uh, Dwindling it down to two was fine. However, of those three restaurants, the best one hands down is Tatsu. Right. So it was odd to see that one fall off the list. But I don't know deeply 
deeply how all of these restaurants are picked. And when I look at our readership, I'm pleased to say that a lot of people who read our stories don't know what these are. You know, they're folks who like their neighborhood restaurant, willing to talk about fancy food or award-winning food. But I explain what the James Beard Awards are to all kinds of people. And so I think we should always remember that like it is nice when places are named and in the circle of food people, this is a big deal. Just outside of that circle and all throughout the rest of that giant, giant world, you got people who eat at the Tex-Mex place around the corner because the prices are good and they like their server. Foodies will look at this list and remember that they must go to these places if they haven't been. And everybody else just kind of goes, "Okay, good for them. That's neat. That's so true. I mean, most people I talk to outside of food media or the restaurant world have no idea what the James Beard Awards are. Do you think it's beneficial for like tourism that these restaurants might bring more people into town? Yes. Great point. There's nothing wrong at all with winning these. I just think we need to remember that there's a little bit of life outside of them. Yeah. And so it's not surprising, I think, to not see Tatsu for exactly kind of what you're getting. I mean, on that list, I mean, that's the hardest restaurant to get into out of all the ones that we have here in Dallas. There are 10 seats. I mean, reservations fill up in a matter of minutes. Julie, you tried to get a reservation. Oh yeah. Yeah. For a while. (laughs) We celebrated a big birthday for my husband there back in the fall and um, the reservations filled up so quickly. We ended up going on Sunday at like 1 PM because that was all we got. And I was literally on my phone trying to get reservations as soon as they open. That's how quickly they fill up. Wow. But it's a great experience. It was really cool and a perfect way to celebrate a big Mm -hmm. birthday. Did you go there because of us talking about it, Julie? Because y'all told me. I asked for- You're a homegirl. I love this. (laughs) I love getting suggestions from you guys. You guys always have great advice. But honestly, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't tell you guys. (laughs) Oh no, you can tell us. We liked that scoop You could just speak into this little bitty microphone and nobody would know. (laughs) Tell us what you really think, Julie. (laughs) I do love this new podcast. It's these two ladies that just hate on everything. And I think it's called I've Had It. And they just rant. You would love it, Julie. I would love it. You would absolutely love it. <laughs> I thought of you, Julie. Was, are you on what's it? Their approximate <laughs> age. They're probably fifties. Perfect. I've got to listen to this. Yes. That's my husband's been making fun of me because my favorite thing to do right now is to read negative VRBO reviews. <laughs> They're fantastic. Because you had a negative VRBO experience, yes. right? So yeah. now you're part of a fraternity of haters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't really want to go in the negative direction on things. Like, you know, we're very supportive of places and positive, but it is funny to hear like a total rant. Oh, yeah. Because oh. <laughs> there are some things I could go off about, like corn ribs. They need to come <laughs> with a warning. Or just a set of small instructions. Yes. <laughs> if only somebody had been filming when you did that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Stick around as we share our love for local bars, the Dallas site and the Stonely Peak. That's right after this. Central Market is really into food. Like when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. 
Welcome back. So all of us here at the Eat Drink DFW podcast love a good bar with great history. And there are two classic Dallas bars that are marking their 50th anniversaries this year. The first was the Dallasite. And if you are really a dive bar fan, like this is the ultimate Dallas dive. Our staff illustrator, Michael Hogue, who is a huge dive bar fan, Michael recently sat down with owner Rhonda Nail, who has owned this bar for 50 years in Dallas and moved it like three times around Dallas. And she gets points for being one of the only women who has owned a bar that long in this town. Lots of points for her. And he did some cool illustrations and talked to customers and people who've worked for her. They say she can be as tough as nails and sweet as pie. I encourage you all to go read that story and see Michael's illustrations at dallasnews.com slash food. So the Stony P is marking 50 years this month as well and is getting ready to move, sadly. Sarah recently sat down with owner Tom Garrison. I'm Uncle Tom Garrison. <laughs> I've been here since 73 in uh, this very spot. But we may have to move. Our wonderful landlord doesn't want us here. <laughs> so we'll let him do whatever he's going to do and we'll find a place within four blocks. Who was this bar for? What was kind of the, the regular clientele, especially 70s and 80s? It really did cross the, the whole scheme of things. I mean, it had Debbie Tramps and ne'er-do-wells and everything in between. A starving artists. Uh, we would, uh, if somebody would willing to pick up some garbage around here, we'd, we'd give them a bowl of lentils and maybe even an iced tea. <laughs> now, rumor has it that no one was allowed to use ketchup here, uh, which I think rubs some people the wrong way. What's the story there? Well, um, we'd harass Yankees that came in here and asked for ketchup to put on, but we didn't have a, a fryer. And so without french fries, I don't think I needed too much ketchup. In fact, we were making our own homemade mayonnaise, and we had our Creole mustard from New Orleans. So we were we were proud of our burger like it was. But when we when uh, the kids came up and said, "Dad, we're sooner or later we're going to have fries and ketchup," and I said, "Boy." I don't want people to blame you for not doing that for all this time. So, so I immediately uh, made room for the fry later, put the ketchup in. So Even Heinz. There's ketchup today. <laughs> um, would you have guessed in 1973 that this bar would be here in 2023? You know, it's funny how you don't you don't you worry about the 10 years or the whatever the five years left on your lease or um, day-to-day things you don't you don't think in terms of something that long we've been so lucky to be here with all these wonderful people okay I totally love his laugh he's great he's 81 years old he has stories like you'd never believe and maybe some of them are stretchings of the truth. I think that's the best thing about a bar story, but he's a fun person to just sit down and talk history with. Did he say the bar was for debut tramps and ne'er-do-wells? What is a debut tramp? <laughs> yes, uh, so this is his word, not mine. I believe it is a sleazy debutante. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's the best kind. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he had a lot of stories about how uh, people would go across the street for fancy stuff to the Stonely Hotel, to dinners, men's get-togethers with the other boys, that kind of stuff. And then a lot of those people would end up coming across the street to the Stonely P for like a better, more casual, normal time. And so the P was created for really this group of artists, journalists, photographers, that kind of stuff. But then Lauren Bacall ate there too, as did Luke and Owen Wilson. I think they had a bottle rocket event there in 1996. Kenny Loggins had his 40th birthday there. Stanley Marcus used to love their lentils. P is for party. <laughs> Let me tell you the story. It used to be the Stonely Pharmacy and they didn't have the money to change the name. And so, as he says, they blacked out Harmacy <laughs> and it became the Stonely P. I'm not kidding. That's the story. That's amazing. That's yeah. It's sad that they are probably moving. Yes. And we will have news on where that will be. They seem confident that they can find a new place in the same neighborhood, That's which good. is not easy. No. And there's so much changing down there. I mean, it looks radically different than it did even just three, four years ago. And we were talking about that, me and Tom Garrison. I said, well, what was this like in 1973? And he said it was not a nice part of town, gravel roads. And he started wow. or was part of some kind of like big brothers, big sisters. I don't know if that was the actual name, but they sometimes had like some kids from the schools show up hungry or thirsty after school and he'd feed them. It was a spot in the neighborhood to help people in addition to, of course, serve them burgers and beers. Now we have these two bars that are such staples in the Dallas scene and have been in place for 50 years. You know, we have so many new and exciting places opening, especially in the bar space, but I really hope that there's always a place for funky places like Stonely P and Dallasites. Well said. And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you, so share your food thoughts, favorite restaurants, or tasty recipes with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of the show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. You'll also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Aaron Bookie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market.